Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. You're listening to the Sports Scramble Podcast, where four friends serve up a weekly plate of sports with a side of SEC bias. Now, here are your hosts, Chet, Jacob, Wade, and Tyler. Welcome in, everybody, to this week's episode of the Sports Scramble Podcast, brought to you by Belly Up Sports. I'm your host, Chet. We've got Tyler and Wade, and we have confirmation that Jacob is coming on at some point. We just didn't want to wait any longer, so we're starting it off. How are y'all doing? Y'all had a good weekend? Yep, had a fun-filled weekend, a couple of drafts, and a couple of live shows that we did talking football. So it's finally here. No more talking season. It's strictly business now. Exactly. Now we get to figure out if Tyler was just hustling on us this whole time with his fantasy football corner, and did he reveal his uh, his true picks, or did he follow the guide? I think he did. He, he was a straight shooter. I, I think Tyler was authentic to us the entire time, so if you followed along, you uh, you hopefully you had a good draft. We had our draft last night, and we'll, uh, we'll wait before we, we get into that in, in hopes that Jacob can join us because he he was drafting. He wasn't on the Home Depot forklift this year. He was able to actually sit down in front of his computer and get it done. Uh, we had some fantasy. We had some draft mishaps. So, folks, if you haven't joined your fantasy league yet, make sure you join it an hour before the draft. Shout out Chris that we had to draft for him while he FaceTimed it. We had a whole production going on to get that started. And if you're the commissioner, it turns out you could pause the draft and draft for people at the same time. So. Keep that in mind. Um, but, Tyler, you said talking season's over. It's time for football. We had week zero last week. Um, not much going on. The closest game, I think, was the Vanderbilt and Hawaii game, which we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, and we got week one coming up. Of course, we're all excited for LSU's big matchup against Florida State. We all are hoping it goes differently than last year. Uh, then, of course, you got the Homer Wade with his South Carolina and North Carolina. Duke's Mayo kickoff uh we're we're gonna start that conversation up with duke's mayo again so we can get to that duke's mayo bowl we I'm got sure so close are, we got to their dms I, we, they we they followed us on tiktok and on twitter we were dming a little bit um but i did make the promise if they bring us out i will get a i will get a bucket of mayo maybe i said a truckload i don't really remember i'll yeah, I think go it was back and watch you're gonna volunteer yeah. that new truck of yours <laughs> uh not my truck i will take one of their trucks so they can dump it on me if it gets us on the sidelines for the duke mayo bowl so if you're in the chat let us know what you would rather dump on you would it be mayo ketchup mustard give me another condiment here guys what, what's getting relish i don't know what else you got that that be dumped on you relish would be pretty bad yeah that, yeah it's like get up in your ears and stuff i mean Ugh. What about uh? 
I mean, like I think mayonnaise like, is yeah. still probably the worst though. Yeah, maybe like tartar sauce. That'd be worse. Oh, that would just that would just be gross. Some tart tartar sauce or cocktail Ugh, sauce. Either way. Not, okay, I'm gonna stick to mayo. That's it. Nothing else is getting. <laughs> hey, speaking of mayo, did you see uh, Will Levis uh, is you know now got a commercial or like sponsorship deal uh, with one of the the mayonnaise companies the because mayo. he puts yes. mayo in his coffee. Yeah, that is disgusting. That's too far. And this one's for Lyndon. How about cottage cheese? <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. Comment if, uh, if you would like to be doused in cottage cheese. Yeah, no, uh, Lyndon used to do the cottage cheese and like pineapple chunks out of the fridge back in college. Yeah, uh, I know I'm going to get a text here. My wife likes minute. it, so I, I don't know. I've I've used cottage cheese to like make stuff. But I put it in a blender and blend it up and like make it like a, a blended cottage cheese, you know, not not I'm not just scooping it out of the uh, out of the container where it's all chunky. It's ugh, it, I'm, I'm getting nauseous just thinking about it. But, um, you know, who did get nauseous was the Vanderbilt football fans. So we might as well just jump right into college football. Um Thinking they were going to come out and just destroy Hawaii. Well, they didn't even cover the spread. I don't remember what it was. I think it was six. Baby Tyler, you remember off the top of your noggin? I think it was like 17. Yeah, it was 17 oh, and a half. Goodness. Well, they only beat them by six. They almost lost with a uh onside kick. Hawaii was inches away from recovering. The guy actually recovered it, but his foot was out of bounds. Um, so I was gonna say if if Hawaii won, you just swap them. You send Bandy to Hawaii and Hawaii stays in Nashville, and you just that's that's how you play the SEC this year. Um, and of course we had USC and San Jose State, uh, the defense for USC was pretty much non-existent in that game. Uh, what you think Caleb Williams, Tyler? You think he's back for high part two? I definitely think so. I mean, if you looked at some of his plays, there was that one play uh, where he fumbled the snap and he threw a 70-yard touchdown pass. So, I mean, it was against San Jose State. San Jose State is, is in the middle of the pack of the Mountain West. And I literally told Jacob on Coast to Coast, I want USC's defense to not give up more than 20 points. And what do they do? They give it 28 points. So I think this is what's going to be the ultimate knockout punch for USC not making the college football playoff this year. I'm seeing so many people so high on them, but haven't they not forgotten about the Washingtons, the Utahs of this conference? So I think that USC definitely needs to be on alert, as it, especially when they you know, face Notre Dame, face Washington, Oregon, all those tough teams. So USC's defense better get their stuff together. As you can see, Jacob is now in the show. We started, we were talking about mayo and condiments. Jacob, what is a condiment that you would want dumped on you besides mayo? Um, Hard-hitting question as he joins. <laughs> yes, we asked the hard-hitting questions here on the Sports Scramble. Honey I, mustard. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I don't I know. Said, it doesn't smell good. Over that. Yeah, yeah. What, well, I have a... I don't know. Uh, I think cane sauce, with the mayo, cane, ooh, cane sauce. I think oh, that. no, that's just Chick Fil A sauce. Chick Fil A sauce. Chick Fil A sauce. There you go, Tyler. Bless <laughs> you in the Lord's chicken. Keep my mouth just open. open. Your mouth. Make yeah. Tyler they a Polynesian chicken sand. nugget. <laughs> they came it's out with a new sandwich today. They did. Yes, they did. What? The yes. pimento cheese sandwich. Really? Yeah. Anybody mm-hmm. had it? Uh, no. Nope. Is it like a fried chicken sandwich? It's still like a fried chicken sandwich. It's just got pimento cheese and uh, like a relish of jalapenos and pickles on top of it. Yeah, I'll pass. Okay. (laughs) And then they 
Also, I think it's a spicy chicken sandwich too. Mm-hmm. But you could probably oh, do it on normal. That okay. I'm going to Chick-fil-A tomorrow. Hold on, I'm writing it down. Pimento cheese. Uh yeah, definitely be getting that. I don't know if they got it out here in Your Central Texas. might be regretting that, but it's good. It'll be all right, Tyler. We'll power through it. Um, just like USC's defense did not do. Fudge, what do you see from the uh from the Trojans out there? Caleb Williams winning the Heisman? No, no, I, I don't think so. Um <laughs> it it's just one of those things where and Tyler like Tyler referenced it. We talked about it a lot. You know, I I just wasn't wowed by USC, um, especially them being placed at the number six spot to, at the beginning of the season. They did not Seems live high. up. Did not live up to the number six spot at least defensively. Um, so I, I think they have a lot to go back to the drawing board and look at. They've heavily relied on their offense, so I think this is the year and especially going into next year where defense is going to be the number one priority, I think, uh, at USC, because if they can't get defensive recruits, they're not going to be able to recruit against the Big Ten uh, when it comes to defense. So they have a lot to live up to on that side of the football. Offensively, they're okay. They can win football games. But if a Power 5 team can go out and stop them, uh, very well they could be out of the Pac-12 race in their final season there. Well, I mean, Alex Grinch must have some, like, blackmail on uh, what's-his-name Lincoln Riley down there because there's no way he should have been the coach or defensive coordinator after last season. Um, Wade, you're the defensive expert here on the show. I mean, do you think USC should have joined the Big 12 and not the Big 10 with the way their defense has been playing? Well, I I think as a part of this college football realignment, we're going to lose that – regional feel to the sport i don't think we're going to think of the big 10 as a defensive league we're not going to think of the big 12 as a shootout you know late night pack 12 shootouts and i know they're down to four teams now but um pack four after 4 a.m i just think it's going to be less regionally focused um because you got rid of the regions and i, I think that the style of play will will change as well because recruiting is going to be more national than it already is um and i think teams are going to have to adjust to play different styles and 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 likewise some of the big 10 teams are going to have to ditch the i formation dual tight end offense and spread it out kind of like usc does so it it goes both ways but yeah i think uh usc has got to shore it up defensively but it's not necessarily because of the conference um, you mentioned the recruiting, and I just kind of thought popped into my head here. Do you think it's going to be tough for the West Coast teams that are joining the Big Ten to land some recruits? I would think some of these players might not want to make that cross-country travel every other weekend. I mean, is, is that an impact, you think, on any, on anybody's mind? No, I think they're, they're getting paid the, the dollars. They're getting paid the big bucks to travel across the country, so who really cares? Um, mm-hmm. No, I think they're probably glad that they're playing – in the Northeast for the most part for the end of the season. Uh, I think once you get into uh, late October, November, going to Michigan state in, in, you know, Penn state Rutgers, places like that, uh, Ann Arbor. Let me tell you what, it, it's going to be a rude awakening for the teams that aren't used to the cold weather. They will talk get about a home destroyed. field advantage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They will I get think, destroyed. Uh... Who is it? I saw yesterday. I can't remember. Somebody has Penn. It might be like USC and Penn State next year is like 
late October. Like that's going to mm. be a rude awakening for the Trojans. It's um, imagine if they do the whiteout so in that game. It, it is. <laughs> it's going to be next year's whiteout game, I'm sure, because of everything that's happened there with the bowl games between them and everything. So I no, I think that's definitely going to be an interesting game. Uh, just because I, I don't think they're going to be able to to play in those weather conditions. Yeah, you're going to have to put them inside and just crank the AC down to get them used to it. Um, let's go across the pond. Um, I guess Ireland's across the pond. Um, Notre Dame. That is what they say. Navy. <laughs> Wait, is Notre Dame legit this year? I mean, they destroyed Navy, but let's be honest, Navy's strong suit is in football. Um, what do you think from the fight in Irish? Yeah, I think you're right. It's, it's tough to take too much away from this game, but I do think – in the last year of some of these traditional conferences, Notre Dame as the independent could just sneak their way right on into the playoff. I mean, if they go undefeated with the schedule they have, nobody's going to tell them otherwise. One I mean, seed. they're in one seat if they go undefeated with that schedule. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean they have... they've got uh, Ohio State coming up at the end of September. Uh, they play USC, um, Clemson. I don't know if Lake Forest is going to be anything this year, but I just named three top 10 teams so it's, they're not gonna do it but i'm just saying the path is there i i think this is a two or a three loss team um because of that schedule but they have everything on the line and it, it was a good start i think sam hartman they might have beaten out alabama to get his services uh rumor has it so uh, they got I mean, he's got his rib team. attached to his jersey or something yeah <laughs> in the freezer there yeah, but yeah, I, I think I, he's wearing it as a necklace. It's too early to tell, but they got a lot to play for. I think, well, we need... like, look, looking at Notre Dame, especially, I watched that entire game from beginning and running wise. Just locked in on the Irish. I, I was um, probably because <laughs> he was locked in. All right, the idiot uh, mistakenly placed a bet that Navy was going to cover the twenty-one oh. points. Oh, that's a bad I bet. Hit, oh, now he really I, oh, my I hit the button to the left of the one I actually wanted to hit. Oh no! Um, yeah, so that happened. Like, and that's I got to take your cash. And then he know. was like, "Oh, let me let me redo my bets." And then first, oh oh automatic my god, loss. I've got a. <laughs> I've got a rant for that one. Um, Let's just betting blows. Let's hear it. I, I, Notre Dame. I just think that everybody has this giant. Everybody lives in fantasy land with Notre Dame, in this land of, oh my God, they have potential to be a two-loss team and potentially sneak into the college football playoff. It's never going to happen because Notre Dame is never going to beat Ohio State. They're never going to beat. I'm sorry, they're not going to beat USC this year. Because uh, USC is just going to outscore them at the end of the day. Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter if the defense doesn't stop them. The offense it, it really, it, it, it really doesn't matter. So, in looking at Notre Dame's defense, it really wasn't all that good, to be honest with you. I mean, Navy just didn't capitalize on plenty of opportunities that they had to score. So, I, I think that really this this game is a wash for the most part, other than looking at Sam Hartman potentially being a B minus fit in South Bend. I don't think he's going to be an all out Heisman contender at the end of the year. Uh, I don't think he's any better than what Ian book was for Notre Dame. I, I just, there's, there's just the, the only upside that they have is they have two running backs who could potentially win them eight games. Uh, I, I don't think that yeah, that running back was scrappy. I mean, I, I know it was the yeah, that Navy's dude is defense. a dog. 
yeah. outside of that, they have they have no top recruiting wide receivers for the most part. Uh, their tight end is just a big dude at the end of the day, and Sam Hartman just targets him left and right. Uh, teams will double team that and take full advantage of it. I there there's something with that team uh, with Marcus Freeman running that team that they need to figure out a new game plan because last year I told Tyler point blank I have like four games into the season I said this team could be a four and eight team at the end of the year and, and they were terrible so I just into them being ranked 13 to start the season is they're all way too much though. that's way too much it's it's like the Texas A&M crap it's mm. it's the same thing over and over again but yeah I I don't see them having what people think is going to be a, a New Year's Six Bowl season or whatever. I don't think that can happen, not with what I saw. Well, I think if Notre Dame wants some respect, they've got to join a conference. I think game changes when they join a conference. I understand they got the team, but the strength of schedule is so – I did read off they play three top ten teams, but that doesn't mean they're going to win those three games, right? Um, I think it – the respect aspect changes. If they want to get in the playoff every year, they got to join a conference. And if you win your conference, that changes things. Um, you mentioned Sam Hartman was a B-minus player. The man's looking like a 10 out of 10 up there in South Bend, though. I mean, can we talk about his hair? I mean, the dude was like fresh cut, looking great <laughs> over there in Ireland. So, and he wear, I mean, he wears his rib around around his neck. I mean, the, he must be – he's a catch up there in South Bend, Jacob. You compared him to Ian Book. I'm not here for the Sam Hartman slander, but I don't think he's a Heisman. Look, a six-year quarterback in South Bend is never going to be the answer. I just don't think that's a that's a thing. I, I don't know. It's it's hard to believe that Notre Dame would be a top ten team at the end of the season, um, knowing what's behind them. Like you mentioned, for them to join a conference, yeah, I think looking at it in the grand scheme of things, think about them playing Ohio State. Okay. If Ohio State loses to them, that loss really isn't that bad at the end of the day. They lost to an independent school. They're That's not true. considered a huge power five team. Um, it it wipes away basically everything what that loss stood for. So sure, Ohio State has no problem playing Notre Dame. There's... Of course, that's why they have top 10 opponents, because those top 10 opponents know, okay, fine, we can go to South Bend. Have, could this be our one or second loss of the season? We're okay at the end of the day. Uh, I I don't think that the college football playoff committee, God rest their souls, uh, that they really critically weigh that loss, if that is to happen, uh, heavy on Ohio State. Them going to okay. South Bend and losing – to a team that's not in a conference. If they want to join the conference, go to the ACC. Just complete it. Get a, get it they over. They eventually Let's might go to have the to. ACC. I think they're going to have to. I mean, multiple sports they, they are in the ACC. Their football is not it's, in the it's ACC. Is football the only one that's not in a conference? There's they a few, but pretty much basketball is considered the ACC. I didn't even know uh, they had a basketball team. And they have a bunch I'm of. I'm serious. Sports. Every time baseball is considered day, the football. ACC. Uh, I, I don't understand why why football, and it's solely because of, number one, it's because of donors. Football has been the long favorite sport at Notre Dame for such a long time, uh, and they don't want to see their team crumble under the conditions of playing in the ACC. 
Butch is calling out the Notre Dame boosters, the football team, yep. the athletic director. He wants all the smoke. If you're in the comments, let us know if you think Notre Dame makes the playoffs. And if if so, what seed are they going to be? And if they don't make the playoffs, what do you think their record's going to be? I'm going, they probably will finish 9-3. I mean, but I don't think it's uh, it's definitely not a playoff team in my book. Uh, and if you're in the comments, hit that subscribe button because Tyler puts so much work into our videos every week. You want to make sure you stay tuned to them. Oh, uh, I mean, other week zero games, we had we had Futch's rain on Notre Dame. That seems like it's a constant every year, right? Tyler, you have anything to add to Notre Dame there before we get to our, our new segment we got coming up? I love the passion for it. I, I'm glad that uh, Jacob uh, is definitely back on the show. If you want to catch more of that, too, coast to coast, you can hear his rants yes, over like there. like all the shows. Over there, too. Uh, but I think that, you know, Notre Dame finally has a legitimate quarterback. You know, you're comparing him to Ian Book. I don't think he's even close to Ian Book. I think he's better than Ian Book. Um, I know it was Navy. I'm not really going to be and be like, oh, they beat, you know, Navy 42-3, to three, whatever the score was. They're going to be a top five team the rest of the way. Uh, but I do think that they will compete with Ohio State. They do have, you know, top ten opponents that have to face Clemson. They have to face USC. You look at those two teams, they, you know, Clemson with Cade Klevniak, we don't know his question marks there. And then with USC with their defense. So I think that if they go two and one during that stretch, uh, I could see them being an 11 and one team. But I think realistically, they're a 10 and two and nine and three uh, team. Uh, and it would not surprise me if they end up in the New Year's six. If they get through those three games, the rest of their schedule is not that bad. Uh, so I think that Notre Dame with Sam Hartman, uh, you know, he gives them another opportunity to not be a one-dimensional offense that we're so used to Notre Dame being for, you know, it feels like a decade it's been. So I'm going to go on for a little bit with my camera off because it seems to be frozen with a creepy ass <laughs> Joker smile. Um, I'll get that fixed in a second, but let's get to uh week one games. I mean, we don't, we're not going to go through all of them, but let's start with uh, Florida and Utah. Wade, what do you expect to see out of the Gators here against the Utes? I expect Florida to kind of come out flat. I mean, I just don't think Graham Mertz is really the answer. And I think Utah is – I don't think they're going to win the Pac-12 this year. I, I think probably third or fourth in that conference. Um, but it is a veteran bunch, and they play extremely well at that stadium. So – on a Thursday night to start the season, I just I still feel like Florida's in preseason mode and they're not going to be ready for this one. Uh, I think Utah wins a lower scoring game, probably like twenty seven to fourteen or something. Okay, Jacob, what are you thinking? Um, contrary to popular belief, uh, I don't think Utah's going to be ranked in the top twenty five at the end of the season. Um. Here's why. Number one, Cam Rising is injured. Everybody knows it. He's been injured for two years for the most part. Uh, same injury over and over again. So you don't have a quarterback at 100%. He will probably not play that game, more than likely. Because um, from what I've seen, he's not ready uh, and heard. He's not ready to go. Um, and their backup quarterback was hurt in the preseason in training camp. So they'll potentially be running with a backup quarterback uh, to start the season against Florida. Um, I, I think it'll be a close game. I, the only thing is, you know, Utah hasn't lost a game at home in how long, Tyler? I don't, it's, I don't remember. It's how a long. tough it's environment to play. 
So I, I think it's going to be interesting um, for Florida to score the ball because Utah's defense I don't think has missed a step. I still think that they're a good defensive team. Uh, offensively, I think, is where Utah's going to struggle to compete with Florida. Uh, I I don't expect it being more than a, a 21-17 or a 21-14 game at the end of it all. All right, sorry about that. I'm still working out these technical <laughs> issues. Tyler, do you think uh, Florida even scores? You were mentioning uh, pre-show that you uh, you had some doubts on them. Yeah, I definitely have some doubts on them. I mean, the last time we saw this same Florida team on the field, uh, they only put up three points uh, against Oregon State uh, defense. Uh, I think it is subpar uh, to what Utah's defense is going to face. You know, Kyle Winningham is known for being a defensive guru. Even if Cam Rising isn't on the field, I just don't have any faith in this Florida offense. No more Anthony Richardson. Graham Mertz is going to be the starting quarterback now for them. And uh, ETN is going to be their running back. It just feels like an offense that's going to rely heavily on the run game. I think this is a do-or-die year for Billy Napier. I think that Gainesville, you've seen it in the documentary, and you're going to see it in real life. They don't care. They'll chew people up, man. If you're going 5-7 and 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 4-8 and in back-to-back years, you're gone. I don't care how much you're making, you're out of here. So I think that – Florida needs to get off to a hot start. I just don't see it, especially this is a different environment. Wade and I were talking about it. No more humidity that Utah has to deal with. They're like, what the heck is this? They're going to be playing at home in front of their home crowd. I think that I agree with Wade. I think this is going to be like a 27. I don't even see 14 points for Florida. I think this is going to be like a 27 to three type of game. It's going to be a low scoring game uh, because Florida's defense wasn't that great. Uh, last year uh, so even with Cam rising uh, being out I definitely think that they're going to rely heavily on the running game and I just don't see Florida sweep in this series so I think that Utah gets the best of the Gators this time you know this hey. is the Urban Meyer Bowl right this is yeah, uh, where yeah. Urban Meyer was from. <laughs> exactly. yeah, that's where Urban was originally <laughs> uh, do you think he'll be at the game or is he going to have like a heart condition oh, be on and not going to be able to uh, attend? Be I could see him being there on a Thursday you know, if it was a Saturday maybe not so, uh, looking at some other games for the week, uh, you know, a lot of cupcake teams, but uh, we got North Carolina, South Carolina. We mentioned it earlier, the Duke's Mayo Classic. Um, Wade, you're picking your Gamecocks. Why is that? I am. I think that South Carolina honestly should be outright favored in this one. Um, I think that it's going to be a shootout. Uh, I think that Drake May is definitely better than Spencer Rattler, but the UNC defense gives me a lot of, uh, a lot of worry and room for concern. And I think that Rattler and Juice Wells can stretch the field. And I think South Carolina can go blow for blow with, uh, with Drake may. And ultimately I think that uh, the South Carolina defense will come up with a critical stop uh, that, that UNC is not capable of coming up with. So you're going with that Spencer. <laughs> I'm going with the Garnet and black attack. I like it. I like it. I think they pick up right where they left off. Uh, but it's going to be tough with Drake May. I mean, he's like second on the Heisman list. Or actually, um, the next two the draft we're going to talk to. Yes, Jordan Travis and Jane Daniels were ranked number two and three on a preseason Heisman watch list, which we're going to get to LSU and Florida State. Futch, I want you to tell us why you think Florida State will win, even if you don't. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> um, if, if Florida State wins, it's because uh, – it's because Florida takes full advantage of LSU secondary. I think that they have big receivers. And the issue is, is Jordan Travis can throw the ball up pretty much anywhere. 
uh, in a one-on-one coverage and rely on his guys to get it down. I think that was pretty evident. Well, when you got a wide receiver that's six foot seven and right. you're the tallest. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's not much you can do with that. Um, I, I think that for Florida State, it's going to be a balance. They have to play balanced. Um, can't rely too much on the run of the pass. Kind of play – it's it's weird to think, but – they have to run the ball more than you think. I think if you start throwing the football, LSU is just going to spread it out, uh, take up the field. And, and that's kind of what LSU's done in large part uh, with their secondary when they've had holes is force them to run the ball as much as, as much as possible. Keep it on the ground. Um, I, I'll be interested to see how LSU secondary handles it. I, I, I've thought about it for the last few days and i've really wondered your mind like what like what are they gonna do like if if somebody's to throw the ball deep who's back there that's gonna stop a guy makes birds back there baby you know what i mean no but i'm i'm just saying are they gonna be able to stop that and also if jordan travis decides to roll out of the pocket and run uh what are they gonna that was the issue last year uh you know what what they're gonna do and and I'm going to go full LSU Homer right here. Of course, Tyler oh and I really broke down the game by you. Here we go. Coming out relax. Thursday. Get ready. Here it comes. So, Jordan Travis going to roll out of the pocket. You know who didn't play in week one last year? Goes yeah. by the name of Harold Perkins Jr. He they didn't played. Know what he, he got was. a 15-yard penalty that was critical yeah, he in play, our he loss. He played like three or four snaps. All right? Does, doesn't matter. He's going to be all over Jordan Travis uh, come Sunday night. And then, of course – Cornerback, I understand that's a concern, but it's LSU's DBU for a reason. They're gonna have these guys coached up. Um, your six foot seven guy, that's a matchup nightmare, right? So you might be double teaming him. But I think uh in the grand scheme of things, Brian Kelly ain't gonna let it happen two years in a row. I was gonna let Tyler kind of break it down, but he, he went into very good detail on Bayou Bengal Bites. So you gotta tune into that one. Tyler, you get the next game I'm about to mention. Uh, but I think the key to kind of take away from Florida State winning. LSU's got to spread the ball around and throw it deep. They got to they got to stretch the field. You got to establish the run game to bring those safeties in, and you stretch the field with Jane Daniels. Everyone says his arms improved. His game's totally different. Let's see him put up or shut up. He's got to prove it come Sunday night in Camping World Stadium. Which, by the way, you got like three NFL stadiums around there. Why not just play in one of those and not Camping World Stadium? I mean, what is it? Forty thousand people. Because it's, it's a closest Sunday to night. Disney World. Yeah, but the NFL's not playing next Sunday night. Yeah, but somebody's going to be playing there in the next couple of days, and I'm sure that they'll be all right. They'll figure it out, man. Doesn't want to have they'll to fix the field after the fact. Just look yeah, at they Kansas got a City. They storm fixed it. that way, so yeah. they do have a tropical storm coming in. Um, Tyler, next game, Duke and Clemson. Wh- who do you think t- comes out victorious in this one? If you're looking for an upset alert, Week One, it's this game. I think that Duke. Uh, this is like probably the most scariest game for for Clemson to get going. I think that. I'm not too worried about Clemson's defense. They're going to be one of the best uh, in the ACC in the nation. Uh, I do have my worries of Kid Klubniak. Uh, it feels like Clemson fans are trying to say, like, oh, he's like the best quarterback in the country. Well, you said the same thing about DJU, and look at him now. He's at Oregon State. Uh, so I got to see it. You know, Will Shipley is going to be coming back. Uh, one of their receivers uh, have to step up. They got to make a big-time play because Duke's got a guy named Riley Leonard, and people are going to start to know his name. He can absolutely – sling the football, uh, their head coach uh, coming off of a nine-win season and a bowl win. Uh, so 
Duke right now is a 13-point dog. Uh, I would not be shocked uh, if Clemson, at the very least, if you're looking at the half, you look down at your phone, and it's like 14-7. to 7, Clemson leads at the half. Uh, so I think that, especially on the road, it's a tough, it's not real, well, it's a tough environment, every tough environment in the ACC. But I think that Duke is one of those dark horse teams. Everyone wants to talk about Florida State, North Carolina, and Clemson, but I think that Duke is slowly uh, making their way up. Watch out for the Blue Devils this season. All right, well, we got a new segment bringing you live for this college football season. Here we go. It's time for Building Dad Bankroll. Cha-ching is right. We got four picks to help you build that. That shout out who that New Orleans, feel me? Build that bankroll. We're going to start it off with Tyler. What's your pick to help our listeners build that bankroll? Well, Tyler, hold on. You're muted. Hit us with your picks now. Oh, you muted yourself, Tyler. Got to try one more time. Hit it um, one more time. There we go. Well, we have – well, the intro was playing on my screen, so I don't know what was happening. Uh, so, to win you some money this week, and hopefully you can win some money because I haven't been able to win a single bet uh, with my fellow partner, Jacob. I'm going to hey, go to the group hey, of five. Don't, don't group tell the five. people that, man. Don't tell them that. The group of five always treats me right. I'm a bold pick wants me to pick South Alabama to just win this game, but safe pick. I'm going to go with the over of two potent offenses. Uh, you know, Michael Pratt on one side, you got Bradley coming back to experience quarterback. So I think that this is going to be an offensive shootout. Wouldn't surprise me. It's like a 34 31 type of game down there in the big easy. Uh, so with 52 points being the over, take that. Okay, so the over in South Alabama two-lane game. Uh, Wade, what do you got to, to help the listeners out here? I'm putting my money right here on the game. <laughs> okay. All right. He's got the bag Man. of change. Is that how I'm much going you're betting? Or? 77 cents on the South Carolina money line. Um, I think that the Gamecocks can take Let's it out right. You get positive that. money. Uh, plus like 115. Last time I checked, if you take – South Carolina to win outright. They're two and a half point dogs. I never like to take the line on two and a half because, I mean, a field goal could jip you at the end of the game. So uh, I think South Carolina can do it. I mean, we talked about North Carolina's lack of defense. I think you got two hero QBs. Um, and I think South Carolina's just a little bit better at the skill positions uh, and can. And you got Spencer Rattler, man. I mean, it's Spencer Rattler. Like, come on. You you heard the rattle in the change jar. He's he's gonna be making you some money. Fudge, you got a you got a best bet for the weekend to help build that bankroll? Yeah, hopefully I can actually get something this weekend. Uh my one this weekend that I feel one hundred and ten percent sure about uh is definitely 110. yes, hundred and ten percent is Boise State on the road at Washington. I have Washington covering the fourteen and a half point spread at home. Uh, because okay. they are my underdog pick for the Pac-12 championship. I like Michael Penix. I actually picked him to win the Heisman in that Belly Up article that came out a couple of weeks. So go on over to BellyUpSports.com and search for the college football preview. I like Washington out of the Pac-12. Uh, based on what we saw from USC uh, last week and their defensive woes, I don't think um, they really have uh, much of a chance anymore. Uh, so I'm going uh, – the Florida-Utah game, y'all, we kind of previewed it earlier. Cam Rising, most likely not playing. Florida, I, I don't even know who their starting quarterback is. I don't know where he came Graham from. Graham Mertz. 
Yeah, Wash- him. I mean, uh, Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Okay. Um, I mean, Florida is known for their defense, but the past couple of years it's been down. I'm taking the under in that game. It's set at 45 and a half. I went back and forth on it. When I thought Cam Rising was playing, I had the over. But now that it's looking like he's not going to, I'm hitting the under to help build that bankroll. So we got four picks for y'all. Uh, make sure you, you get your bets in before well before Thursday morning, actually, because that's when the Florida game comes out. Um, and then you could maybe parlay them. I don't know what the parlay odds are going to be. Maybe we'll look at that. We did the parlays last year. I think we hit one out of 12. Yep. Uh, so, hey, well, that's positive money there, right? Um, so I think we'll just put these out as ind- individual bets. Bet at your own risk. Bet responsibly. Uh, they haven't released it yet, but I'm sure we'll have a DraftKings code come out with Belly Up Sports here in the next couple of weeks. So um, that's our college football talk uh, for the weekend. Uh, of course, we are hyped up as it gets to get into week one coming up in a couple of days. Let's throw it over to some NFL news. Um, as you can see in the ticker that's rolling down below, and both their heads are cut off. Uh, sorry about that, but we had to show Wade and Fudge. Um, Josh Jacobs ends his holdouts, signs a one-year deal with the Raiders. Uh, Wade, he's your guy. I mean, was this the right move for him, or should he have uh, tried to get traded somewhere? Uh, I mean, I think everybody was looking at what Saquon Barkley got paid and and considered that to be the the line of fairness in running back compensation. Josh Jacobs was in line to get, I think, eight or nine million. So it was a a nice little uh, bonus for him to get to ten million. Uh, I think the issue with Jonathan Taylor is he's still on that rookie contract, and the Colts are like, hey, we don't want to pay this guy more than two million dollars because that's all we're obligated to do. Um, yeah, he so didn't really have much to, leverage there. Yeah, I mean, no leverage for him. And for the team to give a disgruntled player another eight or nine million dollars just doesn't seem like the right move for this team. I think that they're definitely rebuilding. Um, hopefully, Anthony Richardson is their guy, but I think they would be best off trading him to a contender and just stacking up on draft picks that they could use to to build next year's team. Yeah, I mean. It's going to be tough for Anthony Richardson. You got a young quarterback, right? Uh, and you kind of want to rely on on a veteran running back, if you could call Jonathan Taylor that, to kind of take some of that that workload. Uh, but that's what I, my next question was going to be. I mean, we'll, I think Jonathan Taylor is going to get traded. It's a matter of where. Tyler, I've heard Miami is the front runner. Do you agree with that? Or do you think no, it's going I think- somewhere else? I'm going to go to the NFC. I think that Philadelphia is going to just throw the bag at Jonathan Taylor. If you look at – I know that they, you know, got Rashad Penny and DeAndre Swift. Those aren't, you know, two guys that blare out you. If they need really a three-down back, you know, not really go through towards like Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell, don't get me wrong, those are two quality guys. But getting a guy like Jonathan Taylor, you know, Jalen Hurts, uh, that would just be a, a potent offense for what they already have. So if they're really all in, if they want to win the Super Bowl, I mean, the NFC, this is really the, the their opening because the NFC is pretty bad. You know, they got the 49ers and the Eagles, and it's pretty much who else is going to be behind them. So I think that the Eagles, if they want to ultimately beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, I think that JT is their guy. Man, Jalen Hurts and Jonathan Taylor. That would be a rushing machine. I mean, just throw out the speed option and just run that every play. Hurts won't even have to throw the ball. I mean, if, do you think it happens soon, though, before the season starts? It's got to. It has to happen by tomorrow yep. for him to be eligible That's- to play at the start of the season. And if not, I also think it's going to be the Eagles as well. Right? Well, yeah, it's going to be the – okay. Yeah. He, 
there's like multiple different deadlines because he's also on the physically unable to perform list. So he can't. Uh, it's got the back issues, right? Yeah. Back so issues. It's not just a trade issue. It's that too. But yeah, I think he goes to the Eagles because they were looking to upgrade it. Running back DeAndre Swift hasn't really taken over that running back room. They got him for pretty cheap around the draft. And the fact of the matter is Jonathan Taylor wasn't available. So they didn't know they could get him. Uh, this team's all in. They're clearly the best team in the NFC. They got to continue that mentality and and just stack up on weapons. And if it means cutting Rashad Penny, I mean, I think we'll look back and laugh at that. that. It's not that consequential. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Futch, you were shaking your head on the Dolphins. Do you think it goes to the Eagles as well, or you got somebody else in mind? No, I don't think the Dolphins are an option. Uh, also with the Eagles, I don't know how much money Jonathan Taylor's asking for, but whatever amount of money it is, it's too much. Um, I think you should have to sit his rear in Indianapolis uh, for being an okay. idiot. So I, I just think it's stupid to look at Saquon and think that all of a sudden you can get all this money and it's you really have readily available. Year. Yeah, for all running backs, volume, yeah, really. it's not going to happen. Uh, so the Eagles have thirteen point eight million in cap. So if he wants any more than thirteen point eight million, uh, the Eagles don't have the money unless they're going to get rid of somebody, which I don't think they're going to cut anybody from their fifty-three man roster before tonight. So <laughs> like it's well, just, I got to buy tomorrow. So you know, but it's would one of those Taylor take a where, pay cut? In a good situation, no, if he wants to ring a, win I, a ring, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think he will. He, he stood behind and everything about all of this money and everything, it would totally overshadow the fact that if he went to the Eagles, it wouldn't be about the money. Um, so I, I don't think that at the end of the day, it, it is about money. I mean, let's let's well, be yeah, real. get beat up. For who, free, really, for sure. who really cares about you getting beaten to a pulp? in Indianapolis, as long as he's getting paid. I mean, look, that's most of the guys in the NFL. Let's be real. So I, I think uh, I, to me, it just doesn't make any sense. I can't even think of a logical place for that guy to go to other than to sit up there all fall and winter long and think about the mistakes that he's made uh, rather than being in the backfield and playing football. I don't understand. Look, if you go to the NFL, it's because you have dreams of playing in the NFL and you want to play football. It's not about making 30, 40, 50 million dollars uh, giving, you know, handing the pig stink skin to you in the backfield and telling you to run north. I, I don't I don't understand that. So it, I think you should have to sit. I, I don't disagree with anything that anybody has said regarding him. Uh staying in indianapolis I, I mean they've allowed him to go seek trades but honestly who is going to pay that much money for a guy who had one good season that's the thing i don't think he has the leverage like uh saquon did with he saquon has had multiple good years and he had he had the injuries i get that but jt had one good season he's on his rookie contract like dude just play this year in indianapolis ball out like you know you can and then, then let your game speak for itself. So uh, it's. Could you imagine it, a guy like Bryce Young at the end of the season, if somehow the Panthers are above 500 by the end of the season, which I don't think anybody in the NFC South is going to be over 500 at the end of the season? But wow, hate on. If, no, 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 no. But if 
I will say Same right now, I'm sticking by it. 11 wins for New Orleans. Oh, my God. So. That makes me sick. Keep your receipts. Um, I'll, I'll wait to the end of the season. So, oh, I've got them all. <laughs> 45 minutes. <laughs> oh, oh, no, they're getting paid. Like, Let's Joe Burrow say, knows he's about to get 350, but 380 million. But Joe Burrow has million. gone to a Super Bowl, a conference championship multiple times. Jonathan Taylor had... Okay, Justin Herbert has made the playoffs and blew a 28-point lead yeah, and got that the was, bag. He, I think Running backs don't get paid. Well. And that, yeah. that's just a fact of it. But Thank the thing you. Is, Derrick Henry, yeah, he should be paid. I mean, look at what he's done. But I, I think Jonathan Taylor's asked for it too soon. Yeah, he's what Derrick Henry's done. The Titans haven't made it anywhere. They haven't yeah, but gone their anywhere. Team. They don't he know how to team. get out of Nashville. Let's just agree that the Colts and the Cardinals should combine into one really, really bad well, The Cardinals team are already team. tanking. They <laughs> cut Colt McCoy. Joshua Dobbs is going to be their starting quarterback. Wait, they They're all in Colt on Caleb Williams. Yeah, yeah, they cut what? him. Yep. I almost drafted Colt McCoy last night. Um, oh, wow. We'll, Why? We'll get to our, our fantasy here in a second. Um, quarterbacks. CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, and Anthony Richardson, all named starting quarterbacks. Who would have saw that coming, right? Um, and then Trey Lance traded from the 49ers to the Cowboys. Fudge, is Dak on the hot seat? No. Trey Lance ain't worth a darn as far as I'm concerned. Um, All right, well, they stretched. Jacob's taking the under on every single take today. Yeah. He he wants Jonathan Taylor to go sit in a corner and stare at a brick wall and play football. (laughs) While watching Notre Dame highlights. If you're going to be an idiot and you want all that money for one season – like you're never gonna get it. I'm sorry, but going back to your question, I I I don't see why he's gonna pass Dak in. in I just think it's Dak on a short leash. No, God, no, no, no. He has dinner with Jerry Jones every night. Who cares? So but but Dak didn't even know they were trained for Trey Lance. You see that? The co- coach, what's his name? Mike McCarthy and Dak came out today that Jerry Jones made the call himself and brought him in, and he showed up in the facility, and Mike McCarthy was like, ooh, who'd we trade straight for? They but isn't no Trey Lance idea. still third string? Yeah, the thing yeah, is, you got, <laughs> yeah. what's his name? That played they didn't the cut season. Cooper Rush. No, yeah, oh. Trey Lance is sitting there third string. That's why so I what's said the difference he's, for not him? Going to, he's not going to compete at all. The reason Shanahan got rid of him in the first place is because he saw that a guy who was drafted last had everything that he needed in all the intangibles, and he could pay him less money than a guy who they drafted early in the draft who hasn't produced at all and is hurt half the time. And that's why Jimmy Garoppolo is playing in Vegas, and I'll be surprised if he makes it through the entire season without getting hurt. I just don't – like. Everything that the 49ers had at quarterback was a liability. And now you've sent all of your liabilities away. And they've basically started off from square one. I mean, it's one of those things where if Dallas wants to get to a Super Bowl, it's either going to be Dak Prescott or they're going to have to go get a veteran quarterback Mm -hmm. in order to do it. There's no other way that you're going to get a second or third year guy in there to take you to the Super Bowl or wherever you want to go in the great beyond uh, in Dallas. I think Dallas you know who else called in on Trey Lance? Is, a, is a deep, their defensive play. Go ahead, Wade. Who called you know who Trey else Lance? called in on Trey Lance? The Bills. The Vikings. The- no, the Vikings decided not to. It was rumored, but 
the Viking, I mean, the Bills and the Cowboys got in an arms race for them, and the the Bills only offered a fifth round pick, and the Cowboys offered a fourth round pick, so he could have been that close to being Josh Allen's backup. So I, I guess what, what was the entire trade? It was just a pick. fourth rounder. It was a fourth so round pick. That shows you what he's really worth. To that's what I'm saying. Like, well, he hasn't even. He's not worth the four Niners. Nobody saw him as a starter, or he's been hurt. Yeah, I mean, they it was a stretch when they drafted year. him. Yeah, he started one game, broke his ankle. Uh, him going to the Bills probably would have been a pretty good insurance policy for Josh Allen, considering how physical of a player he is if, if something were to happen. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he's third stringer in Dallas. It really – which I don't know if you can call him a bust because you never saw him play. He goes out there and he gets hurt week one. I mean, he's unproven in my eyes. He never really got a shot. That, that's, that's all I'm kind of saying. So I don't think he ever will if he stays with Dallas either, um, unless Dak and Cooper Rush both just just suck the trash out of Dallas um, at that point. I mean, Dallas wants to make it to, to the playoffs and win a Super Bowl. They're going to have to ride that defense, in my opinion. Um, Tyler, are you ready for some fantasy football? Yep, I'm going to pull it up on my screen here and try to present if my internet slash computer would allow for – all right, let's see if I can do it. All right. All right, let's see. Stall for you, Tyler. Here we go. Fantasy football corner. All right, you by Tyler. All right, so you got to share your screen though. What? Hold on. There we go. Now, now we're cooking. All All right, right, so we got got? a two-parter here for the fantasy football corner. Uh, First part is going to be our top five fantasy breakouts, and then we'll get into our draft. So the first one being, we got the quarterback breakout of the season. There was. Many candidates, I almost went with Trevor Lawrence, could have went with Lamar Jackson, but in the end, I went with Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert was the talk of the town heading into the last season. A lot of people were high on the Chargers, including myself, uh, but it just <laughs> wasn't the season that we all hoped for for Justin Herbert. Uh, but I do have faith uh, in this Chargers offense. They added Quentin Johnson uh, through the NFL draft. They added Kellen Moore, a guy that I think is going to spread out the passing game here. I do think that Mike Williams uh, and Keenan Allen uh, will both be healthy. That was really what tore down this Chargers passing game. That's why Austin Eckler had such a great season last year. Austin Eckler was the number one receiving guy for Justin Herbert uh, last season. I think that's ultimately going to change. I do still think that Austin Eckler is definitely going to be one of a a viable fantasy running back. Uh, But Justin Herbert and Kellen Moore is going to spread the football more. It would not shock me if he's the leading passer right up there uh, with Patrick Mahomes. I think that this is going to be one of the the pass-heavy offenses, uh, especially with the top two guys uh, being healthy and adding a guy like Quinn Johnson uh, this season. So that is my quarterback breakout. Let's go on now to the running back breakout. This is a guy that I've been talking about for many, many months, uh, ever since we started the Fantasy Football Corner. And that is a guy I think is going to be unleashed this season. No more Ezekiel Elliott stealing so many carries from him. Uh, I think that if you look at the depth chart behind him, uh, Deuce Vaughn, I know that Deuce Vaughn has been having a really good uh, preseason, uh, but I don't think that he's going to be much of a threat for Tony Pollard. I think that Tony Pollard is going to be a three down back for Dallas. And it's not like Dallas is a bad team. You know, I know that we were just talking about Dak Prescott. I think he's a viable quarterback. Uh, They did add uh, Brandon Cooks into that offense. Uh, So there's going to be more guys uh, taking, you know, the, the top quarterbacks off of him. So, you know, I, you know, look at Tony Pollard. His 40-yard dash was a 4.52, and I think that he's shown his elusive speed 
Tony Pollard is one of the best pass catching backs, and especially in PPR, I think that right now ESPN has him ranked as the RB6. I also had him as the RB6. It will not shock me if he finishes in the top three. I think that there's really no competition around him. And there, you, you really look at the fantasy football landscape for running backs, there's not really many of those bell cow guys anymore. I feel like Derek Henry, Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey, Tony Pollard is about only ones there. So he's pretty much a dual threat all. He can definitely be an effective rusher and also be an effective pass catching back out of the backfield. So I'm all in on Tony Pollard this season. Another guy I'm all in on is the New Orleans Saints lead wide receiver, and that is Chris Olave. Chris Olave, we saw at the beginning of the fantasy corner uh, that he was going in round five, but now that a lot of people either have been watching the show or know that Chris Olave coming off of really good rookie season, that rookie season, he only missed two games. If he doesn't miss those two games, he wins rookie of the year. Uh, Garrett Wilson ended up winning that award, but you know, the quarterback upgrade is there. You know, last year they were deal dealing with a quarterback carousel between Jameis Winston. Winston played uh, like one or two games and then got hurt. And then we saw Andy Dalton. Now they have Derek Carr. You always saw the connection in, in game number one. Uh, I think that a lot of people are going to focus on Michael Thomas and Chris Olave. Is Michael Thomas, is this fully going to be his fully healthy season? Even with a fully healthy Michael Thomas, I do think that there's enough target share for Chris Olave. But Say Michael Thomas goes down, Chris Olave ultimately shoots up. And, you know, looking outside of that, Rashid Tahid is also another guy. But I just feel like Derek Carr's favorite target is going to be Chris Olave. There really isn't many other pass catchers, too. I do think that Chris Olave, with Alvin Kamara being out for the first three weeks, I think that Olave, look at the Saints schedule to start. It's very one of the most easiest schedules in the NFL. I know it's one of the easiest, uh, but it can also be challenging, too. So I think that Chris Olave, there's really not many guys around him that can really steal his targets. So I think that Chris Olave, if you see his receiving touchdowns right now, I think that he gets to 10. I think that this is going to be an insane season for Chris Olave. There's a lot of other wide receivers uh, that I really like, uh, but I think that the value getting Chris Olave in round number three is just too hard to pass on. Now let's go on to the tight end before we get to a bonus breakout. Uh, the t my favorite tight end this season look at is Darren Waller. Waller Ooh, had an upgrade guy. this offseason, going from a Raiders offense that stunk it up last year to now the New York Giants offense. I think that's going to be one of the most underrated offenses in the league heading into this season. You look at the really the pass catchers around him. Not really many guys. You know, Isaiah Hodges, uh, Jalen Hyde, I think, uh, is going to be the wide receiver one. But if you're really looking for a wide receiver one, I think that Darren Waller is going to be that guy for you. It just feels like he's going to get most of the targets. Would not surprise me if Waller finishes as the most targets uh, on this team. You know, you know, you have Saquon uh, coming out of the backfield. Saquon will do his fair share, but there's just not really many wide receivers. We haven't really seen a wide receiver step up uh, since, you know, the Odell Beckham days uh, of the New York Giants. So I think that Darren Waller, you know, he was dealing with some injuries in the past two years. We haven't really seen that breakout season uh, since 2019. So it just feels like he's back fully healthy. I think that Darren Waller with an offense that doesn't really have that go-to pass weapon, I think that Daniel Jones is going to look to him. And if you want to look at the projected 4.2, I think that's an easy over. I think that he gets five or six touchdowns uh, this season and gets a lot of targets and a lot 
of uh, he's going to be a PPR machine. I think that everyone wants to talk about Kelsey, uh, but I think that Darren Waller, I think he's going to finish as the number three tied in right behind Andrews and Kelsey this season. So let's get into one more bonus breakout. And we're going to go to the wide receiver position, Jahan Dotson. You're really looking at the commander's offense right now. Uh, uh, Terry Lauren is dealing with a turf toe injury. There's some question marks of whether or not he's going to be available uh, for the commander's week one game. We do know the starting quarterback is going to be Sam Howell. Uh, we've been going through the quarterback carousel here in Washington, which feels like some quite some time. Uh, but Sam Howell, look at his tape uh, from North Carolina. He's been doing really good in the preseason. So very similar to Darren Waller's situation in New York. Uh, Jahan, you look at the other wide receivers, Curtis Samuel. He's getting over age 30. Uh, Terrick McLaurin, he's definitely going to be viable. Well, I think that Jahan Dotson is going to be the wide receiver one for the Washington Commanders. If you, if you looked at every preseason game, Jahan Dotson scored a touchdown in two of them. So Sam Howell has looked to Jahan Dotson early and often. So I think that Dotson, if you're looking at any commander's wide receiver, he is the one to get. So those are my top five breakouts for the corner this week. And then we're getting closer to the season. So we're going to get some, to some more starts and sit-ups. So uh, I got a, I don't know if it's a bold strategy, right? But I think Tony Pollard finishing as RB1 at the end of the season. That's what I'm predicting here. Uh on this August 28th brisk summer evening. I think, uh, like you mentioned, he's the bell cow now in Dallas. We saw what he could do last year, even with half his carries to Zeke. I think he's going to overtake CMC, Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley. It's going to be the Tony Pollard show down there in Dallas. Um, and you mentioned on the Giants, uh, Jalen Hyatt as a wide receiver one. Tyler, he wasn't drafted in our league last night. Should I drop someone on my bench and go pick up uh, Jalen Hyatt right now? They could stash him. Not quite. I think that that could be a guy, you know, Jalen Hyatt, if you're looking at, you know, if you're sitting at 500 and just looking for a guy, I think that Jalen Hyatt, you've seen his elite speed. You know, we I saw him uh, in a one-on-one V1 versus Sauce Gardner and he burnt him, but it was a backup quarterback. Uh, if Daniel Jones was in there, he would have made that throw and would have been a touchdown. So Jalen Hyatt, we saw his big explosive season last year at Tennessee. If he can do that, Again, I think that it's pretty much an open competition. Who is going to be that guy? I think that Darren Waller is going to be the lead guy, but who's going to be that wide receiver to step up? I think that's your main guy to look at is going to be Jalen Hyatt. Okay, okay. Well, um, you mentioned it, and I mentioned it. We had our draft last night. I want to, I want us to maybe mention our teams here. Are we happy with them? Are we mad with them? Let's start with Futch, who wouldn't join the FaceTime call until like round ten. He's being but are you happy? Are you happy with your fantasy team? Let the viewers know what it's looking like. Uh, yeah, I'm happy with my fantasy team. The reason I didn't join the draft was because I was making, like Wade said, some sneaky selections, and I didn't want the uh, the <laughs> you, guys. You don't have a the... poker face. Is that what you're telling I, us? You can't. Yeah, hide your, I don't. You can't hide your pick. No, we put Chris on the I... spot, man. He had to give us a dissertation about every single pick. So yeah, yeah that's but that was a whole whole other situation there. <laughs> that's really. That's really tough. Uh, no, I I like my team. I mean, at quarterback, I picked up Josh Allen in the third round, which is beyond me. Uh, so, or the fourth round. I think it was the fourth round I picked up Josh Allen. So, it's pretty late uh, for Josh Allen. Yeah. So I got know, Jalen Hurts in the fourth round. You know, mm -hmm. a big point getter for me. Uh, also picked up Travis Kelsey uh, pretty early on. Uh, that was and... round one, I believe. 
Yep. Yeah, that's, yeah, that was round one. I, I was just going for a guy that I know is going to produce points. So yeah. uh, I think the one position where I'm kind of iffy at and I'm going to probably monitor, which I normally do every season, is running backs. So I've got two backs right now. Ramondre Stevenson is my RB1. And Miles mm. uh, Sanders is my RB2. Uh, the reason I think Miles Sanders is probably a good pick, and I think Tyler can back me up, uh, is that I don't think Carolina is going to throw the ball very much. Uh, he seems to be their only running back that's going to be able to produce uh, at a high level. So I think he's going to get plenty of touches, especially in a PPR league. Yeah, I agree. I think that Miles Sanders wasn't really used right uh, in Philadelphia. And I think that Bryce Young, he's going to get a lot of dump offs, you know, rookie quarterback. I think that Miles Sanders is going to be a three down back. You know, Chuba Hubbard is their RB2. I think he's going to come in at times, but not really be too much a threat. So I think that Miles Sanders uh, is definitely a great value there. That's uh, You don't really get much of an RB1, you know, whenever you enter that RB dead zone that I've been talking about. Uh, So I think that Miles Sanders uh, is a great pick. All right, Wade, what, uh, what's your favorite pick from last night? Who are you most excited about on your team there? I think my favorite pick was um, having Devontae Adams slip to me in the third round and to be able to pair him with Justin Jefferson. I mean, I just feel like that has potential to be the best one-two punch at wide receiver. And that was really my strategy was um, as soon as we made the switch to full PPR, I voted against it, but Y'all wanted to have it, so I went four wide receivers. Or I guess four of my first five picks were wide receivers. I snuck uh, Saquon Barkley in there as well. So kind of coining Tyler's term, I went with a hero RB uh, with Saquon. That's not my term. Then... I mean, people use it throughout the community. <laughs> nope, Tyler, you coined it. Just go with it. All I like right. it. It's I all, heard it's all it you said it. <laughs> um, but I surrounded it with uh, – Tons and tons of wide receivers. Uh, now they all do have the same bye week of week thirteen. So uh, you just went all in on it. Just, that's unfortunate. Just get, take the L right before the playoffs. <laughs> and guess start. who I Hopefully play? You're there. Who do you play week thirteen? Tyler. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that, that might be a playoff battle there. So you there's your payment for all your fantasy football advice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you get the free dub week thirteen. And by the way, people, we uh, it worked out that we have all sports scramble openers it's tyler versus chet and me versus jacob so uh that'll be pretty cool but yeah i just went around the pass catchers and got my favorite tight end darren waller as well but i don't have any risk because i was able to get dallas goddard as well so i i felt pretty good at tight end uh before we get to the fantasy football expert i'm gonna go i'm gonna go my team yeah you go ahead i'll give you the floor I was happy to, to snag Jalen Hurts. I think round four or five is when I grabbed him. Um, and then you mentioned the one-two punch of Jefferson and Hopkins. I've got a one-two punch of Jamar Chase and Garrett Wilson. So That's I think Garrett too. Wilson is primed to have a, a big year against uh, – or with uh, – what's his name? Aaron Rodgers out there as long as he stays off the mushrooms. Um, and I grabbed Alvin Kamara probably a little earlier than what I, I liked, but we had a bunch of Saints fans in the league, so somebody was going to take him. So I'll stash him on my bench there for a few weeks. Um, and or I, I said, I said, Hopkins, you have Devontae Adams. I'm sorry there, Wade. I have DeAndre Hopkins. Um, <laughs> so we throw him. We'll see what he does in Tennessee. Um, and who I'm most excited about on my team, my kicker, Young Hoku. I got him back, baby. He's he's, <laughs> he's going to be worked into the naming of the team. I haven't come up with it yet. But Tyler, 
let's hear the fantasy football expert. What's your what's your lineup looking like? Yeah, I think that my lineup is going to be carrying running backs. I did not really go into the draft that was thinking of going RB to RB through all the mock drafts I've done. I've gone RB a wide receiver, but I'm pretty happy that I went in double RB because I still got my guy Amon Ross St. Brown. I think all the talk is about Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, but look, I mean, Jameson Williams, who knows if he's going to play this season. I know he's suspended, but we haven't even seen him in the NFL yet. So if you think that Jameson Williams is going to take any targets away from him, it's going to be Amon Ross St. Brown. My top two running backs, you talk about a one-two punch. You can't get any better than this. Christian McCaffrey and Tony Pollard, these two guys stay healthy. I could see them being top two running backs. That's and then, literally one and two. Yeah, you got yeah. – uh, then I got T. Higgins as my wide receiver too. I pretty much punted tight end. All the tight ends uh, that I really wanted uh, were gone. But my favorite pick was Lamar Jackson. Uh, this was a guy that I almost put as my fantasy breakout uh, quarterback, but I want you guys saying like, oh, he picked him. So, of course, he's going to go with his breakout. But – the man's paid. Todd, Todd Munkin is now their offense coordinator. If you've watched Georgia's offense and what he did with Stetson Bennett, he's going to do the same with a guy like Lamar Jackson. I thought about it with and Joe Stetson Burrow. Stetson Bennett's older than Lamar Jackson. Yeah. I mean, who knows what he yeah. could do with the younger guy. Yeah, and I thought about uh, getting Joe Burrow and completing a stack uh, with T. Higgins, but I wanted that elite upside uh, in the rushing game uh, with Lamar Jackson. So I took him right after you took Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I mean, and also for the listeners, this was this is an eight-person elite yeah. fantasy football-minded league, so that's why the quarterbacks slip a little farther than they typically do. Uh, but no, hey, I, I put I, uh, I rivalries I, aside. I went Trevor Lawrence. You did. You, you put did. your Clemson. And I also I have my Alabama, Oklahoma on my bench. Side. I uh, I do have Odell on my bench, so I'm hoping Lamar starts targeting him early there, Tyler, and maybe I'll work him into my lineup. Hope so too. Um, so that's the fantasy football. Of course, we'll check in each week, uh, kind of just see how our teams are going. Like Wade said, we got an all sports scramble week one matchup with uh, Tyler and I facing off, and then Futch and Wade facing off week one. So we'll let y'all know how that tunes out. Let's get to everybody's favorite segment Who Got That Dog in It? A dog in them, the fan favorites, one of our favorites. Uh, let's get it started with Wade. Who got that dog in him this week? All right. I'm going to go with Marcelo Zuna from the Atlanta Braves. Highly controversial the designated hitter for Atlanta, but uh, his bat was not controversial at all. He hit like 450 on the week with four home runs uh, and I think 10 RBIs. So very good week for Mr. Marcel as uh, the Atlanta Braves are dueling it out with the uh Los Angeles Dodgers trying to get that one seed in the uh, NL uh, playoffs. And honestly, both teams probably have two of the four MVP candidates as well uh, with Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman on the Dodgers and then Ronald Acuna and uh, Matt Olson on the Braves. But guys like Eddie Rosario and and uh, Marcelo Zuna have been the difference as of late, you know, helping the Braves um, continue there. Uh, really, really good season. Okay, okay, I like it. Back to the MLB baseball, uh, or I guess just baseball. Before it's all football for five months, that. you know, one more. I was <laughs> speaking of baseball real quick. Did y'all see that tweet I sent y'all? Oh, it was like I guess double A team. The umpire got ejected. Yeah, what? I was confused at what happened. <laughs> he, he, him, and the player were I mean, <laughs> full on screaming at each other, 
and looked like the umpire shoved the player a little bit. Uh, but they, they threw the umpire out of the game. I guess that's a I've big never no-no. seen that before. Yeah, I mean, I think that should happen in all sports. If you screw up and you make a terrible call, throw them out. The umpires and the referees, they can get ejected now. All right, back to who got that dog in Fudge, what you got? <laughs> Uh, for me, let's go to the little tykes. Uh, I'm gonna go with Lewis. I think it's Lap. La- I, I think that's how you pronounce it. Nine. Uh, hitting the walk off homer to win the Little League World Series. Uh, okay, that was that was awesome. That was clutch to see. Uh, and he hit it a, a country mile. So yeah, <laughs> just one of those things where some of these kids. Have they so need to move the fences like, back a little bit. Like, yes, they need to move the fences. What back. Is, like I want to see some the field size. Uh, it's like 220 to center. I think I could probably throw it out of center. They, they, they need to pump it. Like <laughs> Some of the kids are like six foot four. Yeah, this kid is huge. This kid is like this kid's tall. I'm probably looking up at this kid. Uh, he played for a team in California, so okay, it was a team in California one. So, uh, yeah. Well, it's, uh, that's pretty wild. Yeah. Since I got robbed, I'm going to agree with Matt. I'm going to go with my boy, Tim Jones. He scored a 75-yard touchdown for the Jaguars, and it is 100% locked that this man is going to be on the 53-man roster. So, Tim Jones, dogging him since I got robbed. And Matt Jones figured out YouTube comments. So Let's go. Matt Jones, he gets the honorary dog of the week for yep. Matt Jones, how do you feel about uh, your uh, three kickers? That yeah, I texted, for you. <laughs> I texted Matt this morning and autographed three tight ends, and he's got Deshaun Watson as his back. Oh, that's what it was, three tight ends. Yeah. Um, my dog of the week, throwing it back to 2013, I had to check the calendar because Jimmy Graham caught a touchdown for the New Orleans Saints, and it wasn't just a touchdown. I mean, he mossed the guy, mossed the dude on the way to the end zone on the previous play. So uh, he's really pushing for that roster spot. I think he'll make the roster, and I think he'll be probably – uh, used primarily in red zone packages. So uh, my dog of the week is Jimmy Graham. I feel like um, he would have dunked it. He fake dunked. Well, you it saw he, you saw he did the little fake dunk. Yeah, um, I thought that was good enough. Screw the for, NFL uh, for that. Sorry, rule. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think uh, bring I think the cell phone back. <laughs> yeah, the Joe Horn cell phone. Get it out from underneath the field goal post. Saw that live. Uh, but yes, you did. Uh, let's. You know, if you're in the comments, let us know who your dog – be like Matt Jones. Figure out how to work YouTube comments and let us know who your dog of the week is. And I love – I got to pull it up again. I love his uh, – his, who got you that dog hear in him read you it. Wanna, you want to know who's got that dog <laughs> in him. I'm going with Tim Jones. So, I, I love it. I, I mean, he, he gets all it. He texts me that every week. I have to read it. So, now we have it on the comments. Uh, so, let us know who got that dog in him. Uh, before we get into our NASCAR Neil segment – I've got something I wanted to bring up real quick. We've been talking a lot of sports documentaries. You had Swap Kings really let us all down on Netflix. It wasn't um, that Giant bad. Calm down. It wasn't. I, it was good, it but was it, there was a lot was left. There was, there was a lot left untold. Which, if, if the documentary is called Untold, you figure that's all the whole point. They're exactly. leaving it untold. Um, Johnny Manziel <laughs> was pretty good. Uh, I saw one today. I heard about it on a podcast. Didn't realize it was out over on HBO Max. On It's called BS High. Uh, we all remember Bishop Sycamore back in, I think it was 2021. Well, that's a clever name. Like, yeah, I know. That's yeah, there's a lot of BS on going on. That's why they... <laughs> it was literally on the TV. It said IMG Academy versus BS High. 
I mean, that should tell you. It was right like there, it's right brother. there for the. You <laughs> yeah, know, I wasn't exactly. hiding exactly. Uh, coach, I think his name was Roy Johnson. He was kind of the center point of it all. He didn't produce it, so it was not biased at all. It really pa- painted him. I mean, he's a great A narcissist in my mind, full on con man, total fraud. Um, there's 30 lawsuits out against him right now. Uh, just a little, I'm not going to ruin the show. It was, it was really good. It's about an hour and a half on HBO Max, or as they call it now, the Max. Um, he's got 30 lawsuits out against him. He never paid a single bill for meals or uh, for hotel rooms. He would he would push the payments off 90 days. And right before that 90-day notice hit, the whole team would move out and go to another hotel room. Oh, my gosh. Um, and they would be if they didn't, they'd be served with eviction notices from every hotel or apartment they were staying in. He would call supermarkets right when they open and say, hey, I need 30 rotisserie chickens, right? Uh, he wouldn't go pick them up. He'd pick them up at dinner when they'd been sitting out all day and they had to mark it down to $2 a chicken. So he would get the deals on the chicken and then bring it back to the team to feed them for dinner. Um, I mean, it was just terrible. Like they, they, they had no food. They were making some sort of concoction every day for lunch. Uh, I felt really bad for the kids of watching it. There was no schooling going on, no equipment. Uh, you had 20-year-olds playing against Yeah, you said schoolers. kids, but it's like... 25 minutes. Yeah. I mean, the, it ranged. He said, they said, well, were you a high school or a prep school? He goes, well, we were a hybrid, a high school and a prep school. And then it cuts to the reporter that investigated him. And they said, that's literally not legal. The state of Ohio uh, says if the day a child or uh, I guess a teenager turns 20 years old, no longer a teenager, they can no longer play high school football. It then cuts back to the coach. He says, where is that a law? It's not written anywhere. It's literally in the, the Ohio High School Football <laughs> Association bylaws. Um, so, I mean, there was just a lot going on. It was pretty wild. Uh, but he actually, the another thing, the school stole the, the kids' social security numbers, took out loans in their names to pay for all of the money that they owed. So oh they gosh. asked for the kids. He, he had three PP loans taken out in his name. He had no idea. $20,000 each. So he owed $60,000 uh, to the federal government for that. And when they asked the coach about it, he said, you think I would trust the federal government government with my money? I hate the federal government, but he still was taking out loans in all the players' names. Uh, of course, he had uh, uh, domestic abuse cases against him. He was going through court during all this time for that. And then my favorite quote of the, of the show was when they asked – uh, how do you feel about committing all this fraud to uh, against against these players? He said, what are you talking about? Legally, I didn't commit any fraud. I just hang out in the gray area. And then he walked off the screen. I was like, are you kidding me, man? Like, <laughs> you got to watch it. it. It's honestly, I know he, he says they're coming back next season. They got seven teams lined up to play them. They got kids enrolled in their school, ready to go. So uh, be on the lookout for the BS high. Uh, I, I I give it great reviews. It was a really good documentary. Um, they really put them on the spot. They didn't pull the punches, the producers. So, um, Wade, I expect your full review next week when you when you throw it up on HBO Max. I'll so. report it. <laughs> Let's get to uh favorite segment here from NASCAR Neil. Uh, we had some scary, uh, scary times this week in NASCAR. Um, he wants to start off by saying thank you. Uh, and how thankful he is for all the safety improvements in the sport the last 22 years, preventing which would have been one of the most ugliest nights in NASCAR history. 
A relatively boring stage one, mostly side-by-side racing with both lines fading to coming back at their own times. Truex gets the stage after Harvick bailed on Hamlin, killing his momentum. And stage two started off with them going free wide and staying that way for most of the stage. This is something we have not seen much in this generation of car, but it's welcoming to see as it makes super speed racing much more exciting. The last lap of stage two came out uh, of a four a four-turn bad bump from Seabell onto Gibbs in the high line, causing a massive wreck. Uh, wreck was crazy. Collecting a, yeah, collecting a large part of the field. This was the first one. Um, the Safer Barriers, shout out Safer, did what they were created for on a hard impact from Blaney. After the wreck, under a red flag, the Six does donuts onto the backstretch due to fire and manages to, to get it to go out. With the stage end, Martin Truex Jr. clinches the regular season championship after missing the playoffs last year. So, Neil's guy is back at the top of the NASCAR uh, championship series. Where was I? This is his second time winning it, the other being 2017 when he went on to win it all. Uh, the group of mostly Chevys and Toyotas pit first in stage three. I felt like that was a, a dig at a Chevy car. Um, but they were not able to get a lead on the second group and blended after the four, after four laps. With six to go, the number 41 car gets turned. This is what you're talking about, Wade. Gets turned, rolls over, flips, and manages to get out of the car and walk away. That was that I one didn't was think he was going to. Yeah, no. Uh, they, they did bring him to the hospital. Uh, he was released uh, that evening and is doing okay. The race went into overtime, and uh, Boucher, I, I don't know if I, he told me how to say that name. I don't know if I'm still saying Boucher. Right. Uh, Boucher, I, yeah. Gets win know. number three being pushed by his teammate and owner, Brad K. Roush is officially back. Bubba Wallace gets the last playoff spot by a repeat winner winning this race. Playoff start next Sunday with the famous Southern 500 at Darlington. His final four, Neil's final four predictions for the playoffs are Martin Pruix Jr., Denny Hamlin, William Byron, and Cruz Boucher. That's, that's his new name. I don't know if I'm saying it right, but that's what it is. Well, guys, that's all it's I got. It's like Ricky Bobby. Exactly. Rocky, yeah, Ricky That's like Bobby. Ricky Bobby and Bobby <laughs> Boucher yeah, mixed day. together. Uh, you got anything else before we uh, send this one into the stratosphere? Don't think so. I think we covered it all. Looking forward to our uh, fantasy football matchups in two weeks, but we got college football this weekend first. Yeah, make sure you crack the cold one open and spend your entire Saturday sitting in front of the TV. You have the sports scramble excuse to call out of work if you have to work Saturday to watch week one of college football. Uh, with that, uh, I think we might be coming to you a little later or maybe earlier in the day on Labor Day if we can all get corralled next week. So stay tuned for that. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube this far, we appreciate it. Hit that subscribe button. Leave us a comment, your favorite part of the show, favorite segment, if you're going to ride with us on the bets. Uh, but with that, we'll see you. Hope everybody has a great week and uh, keep it going on the bankroll. <laughs>